Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Welcome back, Punch Maniacs. We got a fresh new episode for you. Had a fun weekend of boxing. Top rank had a nice card in New York City, headlined by the wonderful boxing skill of Vasily Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was other boxing going on, Franco, but uh, I missed a lot of it because uh, I'm in like a, a, a bad relationship with the zone. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they treat me like shit. Uh, I know I'm going to go back. All right. I know I'm going to go back, but I needed a break. I love Katie Taylor, but sorry, I, Katie, I had to miss this weekend's fights because the zone was just pissing me off. They raised their price by 50%. Yeah. Uh, you know, like no steady increase, just 50%. No, like, hey, you've been with us since we launched in the United States. We'll give you a break. They're like, no, we're going to break it off in your ass, just like everybody else's. <laughs> uh, so I needed at least a week off. Uh, maybe by next week when uh, Bivol versus Zerto Ramirez is going on, oh. I'll tune in for that, especially since Jessica McCaskill is on that card too. So tune in next week and find out, Punch Maniacs, <laughs> whether whether I, I do accept the zone back into my life or not. I found it interesting when you messaged me about it and I was like, oh, Fritz, Fritz canceled the zone. Like that's the one person I thought would, would always have the zone. But also you pointed out that you were offered Showtime for $3 a month which right. I'm putting it out there right now. Showtime, be ready for a phone call for me because that is not what you are charging me. You're charging me like three times that amount through Xfinity. Uh, I'm just going to show up to the Xfinity offices swinging. You know, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the slap video. I'm just each person that comes up to me from Xfinity open-handed right across the mouth until I get Showtime for three bucks. Now, after you do get arrested, I will uh, then <laughs> tell you that three bucks was part of an add-on to Paramount Plus. So I, they're already hitting me for Paramount Plus. You know, I'm already getting charged for that uh, every month because I'm a nerd that has to have my Star Trek. And it's it's the only place to stream every episode of every uh you know, Star Trek ever, <laughs> every Star Trek ever. Yeah. I was trying to think of a clever name for it, but there's really <laughs> nothing, nothing to it. It's just my addiction to being a nerd, but here let's, uh, I think I've digressed long enough. Are you ready yeah. to get this started with our top rank fun? Yeah. Let's go ahead and jump into the wonderful ESPN card. Vasily Lomachenko, 34 years old, coming in at 16 and two versus Jermaine Ortiz, 26 years old, coming in at 16, 0 and one. Now, here's how good Vasily Lomachenko is, Franco. He had some ring rust, all right, but nothing, nothing terrible. He still looked wonderful on his feet. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had his typical slow start, you know, first three rounds, just kind of figuring it all out. But if you just look at the tail of the tape, Jermaine Ortiz is bigger and younger. Lomachenko fighting at 135. That's probably what he walks around at. Yeah. He's not a dude that ever has to cut weight to get to 135. He's pushing himself challenge at this weight class where he could have just sit at 126 forever and had nobody touch him. All right. Yeah. He can go down to 130, I think, and dominate. But he wants to be 135. It's more of a glamour division. And I get it. There is some wonderful fighters at 135. I'm going to have to add Jermaine Ortiz 
to that list. Like he was a fun fighter to watch. All right. Yeah. Now, granted, he was younger and bigger, but I still say that skill set of Lomachenko is just so fun to watch. It's the joy to watch Lomachenko fight. If you call yourself a boxing fan and have not watched Vasily Lomachenko, it's like saying that you like uh, red meat, but you've never had a steak. You know, like this is <laughs> the the top tier. Like you have to watch this fight. For anybody that didn't watch uh, this fight that we're talking about, go to your, your ESPN app and watch it. It was such a quality fight and it was competitive, you know? So to yeah. Jermaine Ortiz's credit, he was hanging in there and actually looked dominant for a round or two against one of the planet's best boxers. Oh, for sure. And I agree completely. There was definite ring rust there. Loma does have a slow start, which that's what cost him all of the belts in the first place when he fought against Teofimo. So with this fight, I, I like the excitement that you don't know what's going to happen with Loma, but I also wish he would be a little bit more of the dominant fighter that he obviously is. This is watching, like, watching Jordan in his prime and then watching him like not play down to competition, but watching him struggle with Carl Malone. Yeah, Carl Malone was a great player, but you're Michael fucking Jordan. Like step it up and and take it to the hole, which Jordan would do. Thank God that Loma did step it up and then just dominated that whole second half of the fight. Because at the very beginning, I did start getting worried. I was like, oh, please don't let this happen again, because I love watching this dude. And I want to see him get all of the belts back. When he lost to Teofimo, it, it felt not so much like Teofimo beat Loma, but more like Loma let the fight get away from him to a certain extent and credit to Teofimo Lopez for doing what he needed to do to win. But Loma is just on such a higher level. And to see those first two rounds not going his way, I started getting nervous again. So thank God, thank God that he stepped it up and he looked, he looked good once he was rolling, you know, he's been putting up with a lot of the Ukrainian stuff and going to like fight on the front lines and all, you know, worrying about people at home. So I totally get the ring rust, like, of course, you have way bigger things to worry about. But let me ask you this. How do you think he fares against Haney? They had Haney in the ring after the fight. They're talking about, you know, trying to go for all the belts and everything. Loma said he'll do anything for this fight. I think Loma takes, I think he takes the win over Haney, but I could see Haney possibly pulling it away on the scorecards over 12 rounds. Yeah, well, that is definitely an interesting fight because you have, again, the younger, bigger dude that can move like there's no holes in Devin Haney's game. So yeah, I think just being the naturally bigger dude and he can, you know, match Lomachenko in the skill department. I don't think that, I don't think his footwork is quite as good or his defense is quite as good, but it's good. You know, and having yeah. just that bigger frame, I think, would benefit Haney in that fight. And saying that you don't have as good a footwork as Lomachenko is not an insult to Haney. Like, yeah, Lomachenko is the only dude that can go to a ballet and ask, you know, like, who are these clumsy fucks? Clumsy fucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the dude is so graceful that it's really a something to just watch him in the ring. Yeah, I I don't yeah, I don't know. I I see it going to Haney. Okay. But I also think that it would be a just a wonderful fight. Yeah, I'm all ready to complain about the judges for that fight. I don't know that there is a neutral place that you could have it. Both guys are huge names. 
So anybody that's like a moderate boxing fan or, you know, you're not so you don't follow along with every single fight like we do. Uh, definitely keep an eye open when that fight happens. That is must watch boxing. That's going to be a huge fight. So I'm already looking forward to it. Yeah. And because you mentioned it, I'll uh, go in on the only thing that kind of pissed me off about uh, Lomachenko versus Jermaine Ortiz was the 117, 111 card. Like I didn't see. Yeah. That seems a little too crazy for me where the guy just went in, decided like, well, Lomachenko's going to win. And, and, you know, halfway through the fight, he's like, Oh, I guess I got to give this other guy a couple rounds, you know, like yeah. <laughs> this was a really competitive fight. I mean, this was two dudes who really both know how to box. It was, it was a joy to watch this fight. Well, they uh, try to tell us all the time, Franco, that you can't play boxing and we prove them wrong every week or whenever we get to it with our segment <laughs> called playing boxing. As we discussed at the front, we missed the, the Katie Taylor fight. You know, as I was expecting, she kept her undisputed status. Now there is rumblings of the Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano rematch. Mm. I think that would be absolutely wonderful. Something that I'd think about traveling for, you know, depending on where they'd have it. I'd, uh, I'd love to see that fight. I'd like to put money on Amanda Serrano for that second one. I think she would take it. Katie Taylor is already 36 years old. A lot of the women champs are up there in age. Um, I, I wasn't able to watch this fight, but just from the highlights and whatnot that I saw, Katie Taylor still looks great, but it went the distance against Karen Carbajal. So I think she's Colombian or I don't know, somewhere from South America, but she looked fast, but you're Katie Taylor, you're supposed to be like the greatest female pound for pound fighter in the world. So to go unanimous decision against some random, eh, you know, I, I feel like Amanda Serrano steps it up for the next one, uh, or at least I hope she does so I can put all my monies on her. Well, step it up. She, I think, won the first one, but, you know, they did. Yeah. It was super close. Like, I'm not bitching, but I definitely thought that she won the first one and she's 34 as well. So. I don't know. Like there was times where you'd be like, oh, 34, 36, like that's past their prime. But these ladies still seem like they have so much left in the tank. Very true. You know, where you have some dudes that have had longer careers. So who's to say? I, it's still a fight I absolutely want to see. Sorry, I missed your performance, Katie, but uh, <laughs> tell your boyfriend, Eddie Hearn, that he's a piece of shit. I want to kick him in the dick for raising prices. 50%. It's outlandish. 50%. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. Now, jumping over to ESPN, did you see one of uh, our favorites, Nico Ali Walsh, making a bloody mess? Uh, and I don't mean that like the way British people. I mean, like literally his face just looked like ground up meat. Billy Wagner got the living piss beat out of him. Yeah, it looked like a complete mismatch where I was almost feeling bad for Billy Wagner. I'm like, were <laughs> you like <laughs> elevated from like a, a local like high school boxing night, you know what I mean? <laughs> to the big stage. Like he did not look like he belonged in there with them. And, you know, credit to Ali Walsh for proving it. You know, he's like, yeah, all right, you don't belong in here with me. I'm going to batter you. Now I wasn't a big fan. I don't know if you noticed towards the end of the first round, Nico starts landing a bunch of shots and then started showboating when the crowd started chanting Ali, Ali, Ali. And it's like, slow down, buddy. You know, it's only a six round fight. You haven't knocked him out yet. And he's right. already like egging on the crowd and stuff. And then it went the distance and it was kind of like, yeah, you, you thought you had this dude and you didn't, but I do like the progression. It's been fun seeing him start from basically scratch. They were trying to compare him to Jake Paul as far as like, 
you know, he puts in a big work ethic. So other fighters who see him in person, they kind of respect it, even if they don't completely agree with it. And while I disagree with the Jake Paul part, I, I'm starting to come around to Nico Ali Walsh, where they're saying he's busting his ass and we can kind of see it each fight. So now I'm like rooting for him. Yeah, I'm not sure who that other guy is you're talking about, but uh, at least this uh, Ali Walsh kid, uh, I think his grandpa was famous. Yeah, He's fighting actual boxers, so I will uh, continue to be happy to talk about him. And he is making progress, you know? You know who I thought looked like he was stalking like a goddamn Halloween serial killer? You know, like you you take your pick, whether it be Michael, uh, Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees, whatever. But Troy Isley... Just looked like he wanted to to destroy Lava Lamp. And uh, (laughs) like, he was so patient in it too. That's what I, you know, he never got rattled. He was just like, all right, yeah, go ahead. Throw that weak shit. I'm going to come over right over the top of it. I I really enjoyed that Troy Isley fight on the undercard. Yeah, see, my favorite fight on the undercard was the Richard Torres Jr. versus Ahmed Hefney fight. Uh, When Kenzie, so my daughter Mackenzie walked past the TV. And I go, Kenzie, look at this guy. What does he look like? And she's like, uh, he looks like he's from the 1980s. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. He's a time traveler that landed in 2022. He's part of the new quantum leap series that they're showing on TV. I know the one on TV is an Asian guy, but it's happening in real life. And uh, Richard Torres Jr. is the new quantum leap guy. Yeah. The time travel makes sense because that was the size of heavyweights back in the 80s. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> he's, you know, like he's in a weird catch 22 where he'd be a big cruiserweight, but he's a small heavyweight. This was not much of a test for him. I think his porn stash could have beat the guy that they threw in there with him. (laughs) Uh, You know, like I think he could have sat in the corner and just threw the stash at this dude and it still won the fight. Yeah, he's a fun kid to watch. I'm just curious where he's going to go. Like as a heavyweight, I'm just not sure. Like I can't see him being able to stand in there with Jared Anderson, like some of the other, you know, heavyweight Ooh, prospects, be- you know, like I could see him maybe being able to take out F.A. Ajagbe, like because at one point I thought Ajagbe was going to be like a really legit dude. His stock has just dropped like goddamn Enron. You know what I mean? Like it was <laughs> really looking good. Just went to shit just as quick, you know, when he got bored to death versus Frank Sanchez. But yeah, the, the future will come. We'll see what it, what is next for him. He just seems like that weird you know, like big cruiserweight, small heavyweight. I think if he can lose, you know, 15 pounds, go be the dominant cruiserweight, clean out all the belts. I agree, Fritz. He should fight Usyk next. I completely agree. He's he legitimately is so goofy that he's one of my new favorites, kind of like a Fundora kind of a deal where it's so different and so weird. He knocked this dude down in every round for the first three rounds, which that was the longest fight he's ever had. The referee kind of reminded me of Harvey Keitel and Reservoir Dogs, where he kept stepping in and like the announcers were complaining about it. But yeah. I was enjoying I'm like, you know what? Yeah, step in because this dude only wants to hold him because he's getting his head rocked in. No, no more holding. And he took a point away in the third round and then finally stepped in and stopped it after the third knockdown. I, I loved it. He's awkward. He comes in real weird and and with a lot of weird movements. He's kind of short. Like he's built like a white Mike Tyson with a porn stash and a jerry curl. It's glorious. I love all of it. I can't wait to see him again. I hope he fights AJ next. You know, Tyson Fury after he beats AJ, maybe Deontay Wilder. This man's going to take over the world, Fritz. I'm calling it now. He needs like a Rick Rude uh, silk robe yes. to come out with. Like that would be perfect. All right? he, you know, he looks like Rick Rude. He really right. 
I don't get many uh, wrestling references, but when I do make one, they're they're, they're going to be spot on, Franco. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> now, did you catch uh, Robesi Ramirez and uh, Jose Romero? I did, and I thought Romero actually looked pretty good in the fight, only because I had set the bar so low for him. Like I thought <laughs> Robesi Ramirez was really just going to walk through this dude. Romero made a fight, made it a fight. So, you know, kudos to him for at least hanging in there. And throughout that fight, looked like he belonged. At no point did there look like there was this huge dis, uh, disparency. Disparaging? Nah. Dis- mm. I'm Disc- looking for a word. Uh, dis- discrepancy, discrepancy in uh, in talent. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that fried my brain, too, trying to think. I, I yeah. had the word in my head, and I'm like, shit, I, I don't know what it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, all the punch maniacs know what I'm talking about. I just uh, maybe I forgot to disparity disparity. That's there what I go. was looking for. Uh, <laughs> and you they're all disparaging me right now for <laughs> fucking that up. So I don't blame you. You're, you're absolutely right in your criticism. But yeah, I thought that Ramirez won the fight. Yeah. But I, I thought that it was going to be an easier night for him. And it was not. Yeah, especially in the first round, he had a great knockdown. Like he lit him up sent him down and it's like oh this is gonna be over really soon and then it wasn't Romero ended up kind of getting his wits about him and then yeah went full full steam ahead I gave him a couple of rounds it looked like a good fight and then yeah once that I think it was the 10th it was towards the end that when it finally got stopped right I believe it was but I thought I, I thought it went to the to the cards. No 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 the ref, yeah yeah the ref stepped in because he, he landed it was like the ninth or the tenth round it was towards the end of the fight, and uh, Ramirez kept landing like these big lefts, and he sent uh, Romero like stumbling backwards, and then into the corner, and then he ate like three more big lefts, and finally the referee stepped in and and stopped the whole thing. But it was like really late in the fight, like it could have okay. gone with the cards. It was it was definitely towards the very very end, which I was shocked because I thought it was over after the first round, right? And then, and then it was not. It was very much not after uh, the first round. Now, what do we have coming up? Next weekend is uh, Dimitri Bival versus Zerto Ramirez from Saudi Arabia. There's also something on Showtime next week, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, David Morrell, but I forget against Eidos Yerbosinuli. I'm probably going to skip that one because it's for a regular belt. And you know what? I have standards. Like, if I'm going (laughs) to tell the zone to fuck off, like... I should be able to tell Showtime, like, no, I don't care about a regular belt. Stop acting like it's an actual championship fight. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, I might, uh, I might click on it just because it's at the Armory in Minneapolis, and that and that is like, like a cool a, venue. Yeah, before uh, I leave this earth, I will see a show in the Armory. It just looks like a fun place. Yeah, and Minnesota people definitely look like they show up in droves for boxing, so it looks like a, a fun spot to go uh, check it out. But after uh this weekend we'll have fishing and boxing oh yeah uh, going on from uh we'll be drunk in indiana watching uh janabak akmedaliev versus denzel bentley mm-hmm. for the uh wbo middleweight title that demetrius andre do you remember him he used to be a boxer franco yeah <laughs> and then uh backed out of a bunch of fights i don't know whether he boxes anymore but uh his belt will be on the line sinisa estrada makes her top rank debut from there and then the this is why I'm a maybe on zone for this week, because after this weekend where you get the good card with Jessica McCaskill and Zerto Ramirez, 
uh, on the same card. You get Montana Love as your headliner next week. And believe me, I like watching Montana Love fight, but I, I don't see that as my main event. You know, it's not tempting me to spend 50% more money. Uh, I'll tell you that yeah. much. <laughs> Wait, is he the one that comes out with his dog? Is that it probably is. He's the one that sent Baranchek into retirement, I think. But, although he's never come out and said like, oh, I'm retired. But after back-to-back uh, losses in horrific style, I think okay. Baranchek is done. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's not a whole lot coming up. So it'll be a game time decision uh, whether we whether we get it. But uh, there is some fun stuff coming up. Definitely on uh, top rank uh, next weekend. I'll be watching that for sure. And maybe I'll just check the B-ball uh, and McCaskill highlights. And uh, who knows? Like I said, I'm I'm uh, I'm in a spot where I'm hurting right now. I'm healing. I'm healing. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure that I will probably take the zone back, but I don't know when it'll be, or, you know what? Let's, let's not make it so, uh, uh, final. Maybe I'll take them back. I don't know. Let's see whether they're willing to do any work to earn the spot. Yeah. Eddie Hearn, you heard it first, uh, here on punches and punchlines. Fritz needs you to fix this relationship. He wants a personal phone call from your mansion in London. And, uh, we want the pyro. You know, we want uh, you to show up at Fritz's house like you come into Orland with the spark machines, the same ones that you had, the flamethrowers you had in your backyard. We want that uh, as you make the entrance to Fritz's house to beg him to come back. Uh, And then, you know, whatever happens after that, whatever happens, happens. But we want we want the full the full send when you get Fritz to come back. I don't even want any begging. I just want you to be like, hey. You know, we uh, we screwed you for those months where the world was shut down and there was no boxing. Yeah. Uh, so we'll give you those three months for, you know, or six months. We'll give you that as a credit. All right. Uh, like that would be wonderful. No, we want full shitty high school promposal. I want Eddie Hearn with the sign saying, Fritz, will you take me back? Like, I want the whole nine yards. Anything less than that is uh, just a complete fail by DAZN. And we'll make fun of them until. Until they can make this happen. We want Katie Taylor to step out of a limo, full boxing gear on, and come back and ask you to come back to DAZN. That I would accept. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Franco, if you don't have anything else, I'm throwing in the towel. Wait, I can't. Why? We got to thank everybody for listening. Yeah. We got to thank everybody for subscribing. All right. We got to thank all the Puncher Maniacs that tune in all the time. You're subscribed, and your phone sends it right to you, and we appreciate that. It's... uh, I love watching boxing and then it's even more fun to just sit here with uh, my good friend Franco and talk about boxing and uh, you know, bring it to the masses. So you guys are wonderful. Thank you. Uh, tell a friend there was uh, a highlight over this weekend that we missed or a fight coming up that uh, you think is worth paying 50% more for the zone. <laughs> uh, you let me know and uh, we'll take it from there. So yeah, Franco, if you don't got anything else besides that, I'm throwing in the towel. Thank you for listening to Punches and Punchlines. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. And we'll see you next week when we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor.